0: Hey, I'm Dr. Kate Wong, and I'm Tiara Mitchell, and, and you are listening to the Holistic Hol- Hope Podcast. We invite you to join us and our village in conversations rooted in wellness and health so that we may grow a community of generational healing through love.
1: On this episode, season two, episode 16 of the Holistic Hope Podcast, Kate and I wanted to take a minute to go back and say, why Holistic Hope? why we believe the holistic lifestyle could benefit so many women, no matter their background, the situation they're facing, what their goals are. And the best way we knew how to do this was to tell our stories and how we started our holistic journeys. While the podcast was originally created to be a resource for women looking to become pregnant using holistic modalities, it quickly became a resource for women looking to heal their body through holistic modalities for the women out there who have been feeling overstressed you feel overweight unhealthy your relationships are unhealthy you feel like your boundaries could be stronger you're a little frustrated with your current situation you may be feeling overwhelmed anxious possibly depressed we've made this podcast for you We've made this podcast to cultivate a healing environment for you, mind, body and soul, a space where you can claim your own healing and empower yourself to walk in that healing because you understand the power you hold to get your body to a place to where it can care for itself. If you believe you can accomplish any goal that you ever have for yourself, then you're in the right place. If you're here to complain and not quite ready to make a change, this podcast might not be for you because we are here to offer solutions, offer strategies in implementing these solutions and offer non-judgmental support as you go through your journey to your own holistic healing. So listen on as Kate and I share our very real stories and stay tuned as we'll dive deeper into topics such as energy healing, chiropractic healing, physical alignment, emotional alignment, all the holistic routes you can choose to embark on to make yourself stronger, healthier, happier, more present, and for you to claim your holistic hope today. Thanks for being here. We are so excited to get into season two with you. Let's go.
0: Let's start with your story, Tiara. our episode for our season, the last season, we started with why Holistic Hope. So for this season, we kind of want to dive back into it. Sometimes when all these different interviews, all these different messages may seem a little bit um, kind of spread apart to where, you know, we're covering everything, but then kind of honing back on the view, like uh, pinpointing what exactly, and why exactly we're doing Holistic Hope. Uh, I think it's very beneficial, not f- only for us to kind of reflect what we've done <laughs> for the past season, but also for our listeners to kind of get a sense of what's going to help them. Right.
2: So, okay. Well, before I go into my story, I do want to s-
3: tap on the why holistic hope part. Um, mm-hmm. I think that'd be a good place for us to both start, why it's important. And mm-hmm. my story will go into this. I worked at a mental health nonprofit and um I don't want to name drop and this nonprofit was the mission was to make mental health challenges not so taboo and to remove the stigma of mental health challenges um so especially around um like schizophrenia um hearing so the hearing voices seeing things like the real intense mental health challenges and working there was when I first discovered I was first diagnosed with depression and um, it was interesting being there and learning about depression and anxiety from this lens of removing stigma around it because it was like the stigma of taking medications or how medications were used to control foster youth. And so, you know, like it was, it was really sad at a lot of times.
0: And um, it's more like how you use medications to kind of quiet you or sedate you in a certain way where it's easier. So it happens a lot with the clients I work with for elderly. and when I was a case manager, It's the same thing when I go to either the elderly um, facilities or the psychiatric wards.
3: Same thing. They're just numbed out. Numb the mind. Yes. And like, so And what really hurt my heart about it, we ended up doing a um, documentary. So, you know, I found a bunch of foster youth and I was recording them, interviewing them. And a lot of them. Would share that they were saying nothing feels wrong with me, and so they knew they were be they were given this medication to numb them so that they'd be easier to handle in the foster home. oh wow, and so right, so that was really what made me um want to feel more empowered around caring for my own mental health because I didn't want to be in a position where somebody was giving me drugs, and then i couldn't. I couldn't like be in touch with myself because that's what the children as what I was hearing from them. You know, like I felt like I couldn't think straight, like I would want to say something, but I couldn't really move my body or it felt like my mind and my mouth weren't connected for me to be able to form sentences. Mm-hmm. Like just it did not sound pleasant at all. It definitely didn't sound like it was doing anything to improve their mental health. And I personally didn't like it. And then working there, I was the communications coordinator, which is why I love podcasting and social media management and everything so much, because that's what I did. And so my job was to write newsletters and blogs and I would do a lot of interviews and things and, you know, gathering information to share. And whenever I would try to write about depression, especially my experience with it, from an empowering standpoint, my supervisor would tell me, Tara, you can't, Talk about depression in such a positive way, because you're going to make other people feel bad that they can't do it. Hmm. And it baffled me because I felt that our job at this organization was to get people to understand that they could do it and to give them hope for being able to do it through shared stories of experiences, so that they could know like if someone like me did it, then I can be able to do it too. But here I am being shut down every time I tried to share a story in that light. So I quit the job and I I quit the job when I was pregnant with my youngest. So then, mind you, you know, I'm still battling depression. Then I started going through all this stuff with my husband and the baby came and then there was all like the postpartum stuff that came with that Mm -hmm. and I found myself in a really it wasn't just depression then it was anxiety so now my therapist is like your depression is triggering anxiety because now you're feeling like you're not going to be able to move from this place and now you're stressing yourself out because of your circumstances and so I was taking sleeping pills um, to go to sleep at night because I just couldn't. It was like no matter what I tried, I tried cutting off cutting off electronics, you know, a couple of hours before I was going to go to bed. I was trying to work out um, when I could. It was hard to work out with two kids. And then the sleep pills came into play and I didn't quite like how those made me feel because it was like, yeah, I would sleep, but then it was like I couldn't wake up from the sleep kind mm-hmm. of thing. And then my therapist said I should start taking depression medication. And that was kind of where I put my foot down. (laughs) Because I already had a problem that I was taking sleep medication. I didn't want to add depression medication after everything I had heard from people who had been taking the medication. Yeah, it's like a cascade of it. When this
0: is like the, what is the, the, um, the gateway drug to it? And then you have other things and other things on top of it. How long were you on those um, sleep medications?
3: Not even a year. It wasn't even a year. Mm-hmm. I would say top six months. And then around six months is when you actually felt
0: that. And then you told your therapist and then she was like, oh, maybe though.
3: Yeah. No, so I tell my therapist, I'm telling him like, you know, I'm not sleeping well at night. And, um, This is a good point in the story. Maybe last season I wasn't in a place where I wanted to talk about this so much, but this season I'm a lot better. But he kept bringing up my husband and he kept telling me like, my husband was why I was depressed. My husband was why I wasn't able to move from this depression. And because, you know, we were going through things and I understood what he was saying, you know, that like my husband was triggering feelings within me and I won't deny that. But my thing was, I was tired of blaming everybody else for my circumstances you know and it's like I understand that my husband is getting on my nerves and that I'm frustrated with the way he's doing things right now but I need to know that Tierra can take care of Tierra no matter what anyone else is doing my mm-hmm. husband included this mm-hmm. is about Tierra and so I kept pushing that like you know he would bring up leaving my husband maybe you should just leave him and that wasn't yeah that wasn't something I wanted to do before and um and so then and then he even told me like you know you you have such uh what did he say he was like it's like you feel like you're a failure if you end your marriage and I was like um not that I feel like I'm a failure I just feel like there are other things to explore before I choose that route so just all of this is going on so then he brings up well maybe you need depression medication so now I'm like dude you're not listening to me that's so interesting yeah like you literally said it like
0: you look no it's not really that (laughs) you know it's actually something else he's like no 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 this this is probably what's happening so this is probably it
2: and
3: I don't want to say because I really up until that point I enjoyed going to therapy this was when therapy became unenjoyable for me mm-hmm. and I we did that for maybe a month before I was like okay I'm done with therapy and I don't want to say he was trying to push the drugs on me but that's how I started to feel and so then I was googling you know my friend is google and so I'm asking google, <laughs> I'm asking google you know what 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 can I do? What are, what are non-medication ways I can handle depression? What are things I can do without medication to take care of my anxiety? Meditation kept coming up. And so, um, there was this app called the abide app and it's a meditation app for Christians and they the meditations are rooted in Bible stories. And I grew up Christian I grew up in the church and I love me some Bible stories. And so I loved the app because it was very soothing, very comforting. Especially with everything I was going through, I felt very alone. I felt like you know no one was really listening and no one was really understanding what it was I was trying to accomplish mm-hmm. by overcoming my depression, you know. And so after, but well, it was a few months of listening to the Abaya app, and I would listen to it like religiously every night, and that was how I first being was able to sleep without medication. And so I like tossed mm-hmm. the sleep pills, and so from there. That made me realize, huh, well, I can get rid of the sleep medication. Maybe I can do some other things through meditation. And, but I noticed that with the Abide app, I, it wasn't just the Abide app. I started to understand that at least in the circles of my religion, I was hanging around, there was a common theme that we as Christians were the victim that the world was battering us down and we were helpless. And the only one who could save us was God.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And I didn't like that. I didn't like the feeling that I had to rely on someone else.
0: Like the external or something outside of yourself. Cause in a sense, like what I noticed, a lot of the moms, uh, most of them are Christians, (laughs) but what I noticed is a lot of them kind of know the whole aspect of it's within themselves that that's why I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were doing, doing the app and that, um, that you were doing and basically helping you sleep, was it something that you felt from within that helped you calm down or was it the app itself
3: telling you stuff? Like what is it that helped you? In that? At first, it it was the app, but the Abide app. And don't get me wrong, like I hundred percent recommend this app. I love this app, but with the story that it told, it was they were very sad. You know, it was like they were always talking to you in a, "Oh, your day has been so hard, and life is so hard, and just know that God is there to comfort you." And now, please don't misunderstand. I know God is my comfort, like God is my source, but like you're saying. I now understand that what I wanted was understanding God is within me. God isn't outside of me. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do anything special to access his God power. It's within me. The Bible says we were created in God's image. You know, the same power that God has, we possess. And you know how, I mean, I like Reiki. And Reiki, it's this... It's the same thing, you know, you are calling on when they teach you Reiki, they're saying you're calling on the the power of Reiki. And for me, how I was able to understand and really connect with this power of Reiki was like, oh, because they call it the um unlimited source, unconditional source of love. I was like, oh God, that's who God is. He sees the unconditional source of love. So when I'm doing Reiki, I'm imagining, you know, like my connection with God. I can Feel the energy that is within me that is the god energy within me and it's connecting to the higher version of god and uh, we're combining to do our reiki treatment
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know and so for me my, that's how my holistic journey really began was i was sick and tired of feeling like i had to go to another source to heal myself Mm-hmm. I understood that I was capable of healing myself without any external tools, but my frustration was tapping into my own power. And so that was really what my journey was about, was learning how to quiet my mind without medication. I can, saying that now, you know, I can understand what why the thought of medication is beneficial because it does allow you to quiet your mind, but then... And I can't speak to this because I never took the medication. But then hearing how people say they felt like they couldn't move in that space or, you know, they couldn't function in that space. That's where I struggle with. Well, then how do you get better? Because then that makes you feel even more helpless. Mm-hmm. And that's what was really affecting me was that helplessness. And mm-hmm. I, that was the feeling I didn't want any more of.
0: Would you say that app kind of like almost kind of made you aware of what level where you're at. And then when you're able to get realize, okay, I'm not in this, you yeah. know, pity fest ish, <laughs> you want to call it. Um, that you're like, okay, what's next? Yes. Like I'm done with this pity party. Yes. Now what's gonna help me, you know, use these tools to actually, you know, rise
3: from it. Exactly. Cause I remember I remember looking at the app and being like, abide, you don't have anything that tells me how powerful I am. Like like I remember going through and like, come on now, like you've been so great. Where's all the empowerment? Where Where is it at? And that is what made me seek out other things. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, again, like this is the Christian circles I've been around. I don't know. I would love to know if there are other churches and things because I miss going to church, but I've, stopped going to church and my mom kind of felt some kind of way about it because it was like, mommy, I don't get those. I call my mom, mommy. It was like, mommy, I don't get those feelings of empowerment from going to church. It always makes me feel worse because then I feel like I'm not in, I, I have no control over my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm a firm believer that the only thing I can control in life is how I respond to stuff.
2: Mm-hmm
3: that's the only thing I have power over. And I didn't like that. I felt like in going to church, that power was being taken away from me because I had to give it up to somebody else. And I truly believe God doesn't want us to feel that way. God doesn't want us to feel like we can't access our own power.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's so interesting. Because like a lot of times when people feel like they're stuck, but the whole thing is when people wake up, as you call it or you know They're go towards to awakening <laughs> yeah, or just like switch towards the holistic route or from the you know to traditional common uh path that people usually take it's like that one little thing when they realize and aware that okay I'm this is not serving me what else is out there that's when the leap kind of it's like more like it's you know you kind of see it like what else what else what else is this it really that's like the type of questioning, which I realize people do.
3: Is that right? And I, if I'm being honest and like Christians, please don't come for me. Um, what prayer that I will say started me on the path, the path of, I don't even know what I would call it, but this empowerment path of like really tapping into my power. I prayed to God and I said, God, I believe in you a hundred percent. I know that Jesus died for our sins, and I'm so grateful for the role you play in my life. But I need to know why. Why does all of this work? Why did you make the commandments the way you made the commandments? Why does the Bible tell us to operate like this? And I said, please don't. This is the true prayer. So Please don't feel like I'm questioning your authority. But you know my heart. You know how I operate. And you know, I like to have a full understanding so that I can understand how to utilize things in the best way, Mm -hmm. so I just need to know why. For a long time, it was quiet and I felt like I had made God mad by asking this. Hmm. But then that's when the psychic Reiki book fell in my lap. Hmm. And you know the story from there. From there, it was like everything just amplified. And I started to tie so many things back to the Bible and it's become such a source of joy for me because this you know i grew up hearing there's a difference in religion and relationship and that's what this path has taught me is the relationship you have with your source is that's and then when i listen to people like when we list when we had people on the podcast last season everybody had a strong relationship with whatever or whoever they believed their source of power to come from. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And in the Bible, it talks about how Adam and Eve dwelled with God daily in the Garden of Eden. And these people that we have on our podcast, they dwell with their source daily. It's a daily practice of spending time in gratitude and honoring this divinity that has allowed them to live the life that they're living. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And that's what I have found so beautiful about being on this podcast is that no matter which modality they're
2: coming from, like even when you talk about chiropractic care, you believe in
3: the power of alignment you know and yours is literally a physical alignment Mm
2: -hmm.
3: in the body but when you look at the spirit every time you look at the spiritual side of it it still comes down to alignment so that you can
2: be in full
3: power Mm -hmm. yeah what's crazy about
0: that is it's like I grew up very um I mean, there's like Chinese culture of certain deity deity, deities that you kind of like pray to. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't really pray. Um, It was like a funny. It's like a thing that my dad says when uh, you ask him in Chinese, like, "Oh, what do you believe in?" He and then there's like a phrase that um, kind of when you ask him, he says, "I believe in sleeping." And I was like, "It's always like yeah," because he doesn't have a religion, right? Because he grew up in Hong Kong a certain way. He basically, you know, did his work continue working working until he got what he got. Mm-hmm. And so I was raised, you know, there's there's an, uh, a thing, um an altar that you know you put incense on, but that's about it. It's like more of a traditional thing that you just do because you do it every year. That's it. There's nothing else in regards to that. Mm-hmm. And so for me like the whole holistic aspect to it didn't really click or make sense at all um until I kind of searched a little bit outside of what I was told that I was supposed to do in life. You know, a lot of times, you know, when you're Asian, majority wise um, you're told, you know, you're supposed to be doing this, this and that because it's more, you know, something you, sh- you should do something that's looked good upon, you know, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, all these different things. But I'm sure mm-hmm. every single family, majority of the families kind of had that thing that they lived through. of <laughs> People or your parents telling you, you should be doing this and that. And so I did follow the path of, you know, becoming a doctor. But the aspect of it, the whole time, it was a struggle. I mean, it's hard to, you know, MCATs and the medical school, all these things is a struggle in general because um, it's hard, you know. Um, but the aspect of, it's not just hard. It was more like resisting.
2: Mm-hmm. And, hard. Mm-hmm.
0: and I didn't understand why. And then I was told recently by my friend who's a shaman that was on the, um, in our episode two, she said, you know, a lot of times what you do should align. Yeah. You should kind of go, you know, you shouldn't kind of push against it. And so, and so when it was just really hard, you know, (laughs) trying to be a medical doctor and whatnot, um, getting that MD and then, It was something that someone asked me and questioned me because my whole point trying to be a doctor was I was literally even though you want to help and save people. You know, that's what you say to everyone. That's why you want to be a doctor. But I really literally wanted to fix myself. I had so much like childhood trauma that I couldn't deal with, didn't know how to deal with. I knew there was some kind of solution at the end. I didn't know. Cause I was, you know, 18, 17, you know, what, what, what do you know when you're that young? And that you think, you know, everything, that's the thing. You think, you know, everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. You act like you do, but in reality, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> and so I was trying to figure it out. I was like, maybe I'll just be a psychiatrist to fix my head, fix my brain to where I'm not so sad. I'm not blaming all this all this divorce happened with my parents that you know I'm this odd ball out, and usually i'm I'm okay. I learned to be okay to be like the odd one out for that reason because I felt different. I felt you know I didn't fit in because I stuff in my head that f- told me. Certain things that were not not to be repeated, maybe later, <laughs> a couple episodes, but that there's some kind of fix. I know there is, so I started searching and I'm going, going towards what the traditional route of being a medical doctor was, and it was just the hardest thing. And the thing is, a lot of people, you know, they don't succeed when the first the second time they try to apply, you know, and that I took it as a sign. I took it as something there that I'm not looking. And then all of a sudden, um, I was trying to train for my, uh, my interviews. Cause you know, you, you try to train for them <laughs> like a, like a marathon. Um, so I was in a, what was it called? A Toastmasters and so,
2: uh-huh.
0: like two chiropractors. I think I mentioned the story maybe before, but two chiropractors basically came up to me and asked me, they're very persuasive and said, you know, What what do you think about chiropractic? I'm like, what is what is chiropractic? Usually I'm the type of person that likes to research everything before I do something. And so for for that, for that I kind of did it. But all it took was me going with him to this this uh welcome uh seminar. And that one of the uh the presidents spoke and said how the brain tells the body to function and the body sends signals to the brain to tell it how to function.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. And that itself was was the check of okay, I'm I'm going. I never got adjusted. I never like went to a chiropractor. I never knew what it was. And then I my whole life trying to be a a medical doctor, a psychiatrist, just got turned to something else in that moment. Cause I felt
3: like my gut, this is it. So was it the because you said that originally you were thinking of a sci- being a psychiatrist to fix your mind. So was it the lure of, you know, well, if everything's aligned, my mind will give my body the right signals and my body will communicate with my mind on how to give these signals?
0: I, th- I think very, like, briefly, I was trying to, it was kind of along those lines, but I couldn't word it out the way mm-hmm. it was. It just felt like this was it. Like, it didn't have words. It just felt like that made sense. How does medication make sense then? And so, because I knew I didn't want to have medications. I knew that's not what I wanted to do. I knew I didn't like talk therapy. I don't want, I talked about it, what, for, you know, over 15 years? Like I'm done talking. And so I knew that there's something else. And so that's, that's literally how it started. I had no idea, no clue, but I felt like this was it. Like in my gut, top of the gut feeling. So when you
3: started the program, like what, so after you made this decision to totally switch your lifestyle around, like, well, not even your lifestyle, but your career, the whole life plan you have for yourself, what was that process like as everything started to unfold?
0: So during school, so I stuck to a school that wasn't nearby in our Bay Area, but was more in SoCal. Uh, I started a school that was very similar to the mindset of what I was used to for medicine. You know, there's X, Y, and Z. This is how you're supposed to approach a patient, you know, very like diagnosis, treatment, diagnosis, treatment kind of way. I went that route versus, you know, looking holistically, drastic change of to a different school of how they're thinking. And so I wanted to be, you know, aligned with what my thoughts were first versus kind of being brainwashed by something else that I didn't know, know about. <laughs> so I stuck to what I knew. Um <laughs> So it sounds so bad. So for those who are listening (laughs) know what schools I'm talking about. But um, and so I was there. So I kind of went little by little, you know, no tiptoed and see. Okay, this is I get this. I get what chiropractic is. I get you know everything functions, nerves go out to different organs, different things. I get it. And then it's not. It wasn't until that I started working with kids. Until I took the another seminar in regards to pregnancy and then kind of snowballed effect to prenatal um, preconception fertility is that it opened my eyes that there was something more, that there was something that even before I was born that happened, most likely, you know, looking back my own own history, that affected how I was, that affects how I think, what I do, my mom's life, my dad's life, all these different things. And that's what opened up the idea of, you know, there's not just one thing that works. It's a whole different aspect of things that makes will make sense to you, depending on where you're at in life, what Mm -hmm. you're exposed to. And always, you know, it's not like, you know, I was, when I was 18, I'm like, I'm not thinking, Oh, I'm going to have a home birth, you know, (laughs) never seen birth ever before, but I'm not going to have a home birth. I'm not going to have drugs at all. You know, when you're 18, 20, that's at least when I was around that time, I was like, you know, the whole common, like, what's called? Um What's that one movie? Like, American
3: Pie. <laughs> like, Gosh, I wasn't allowed to watch that movie. I may have watched it once or twice in my life, like, sneaking it with my cousins. Like, that kind of, like, party scene that that's,
0: like, you're kind of heading towards when you're, you know, so sheltered. And so that was what I was kind of heading towards. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. That's like what people head towards. But like that's like what, what my idea was. You know, you take something to help me feel good, and then they take something to help you feel, you know, better. And then if that doesn't work, you you know, kind of bury your symptoms in a sense, bury those worries with something else on the outside. Yeah. But with chiropractic is making sure that you're aligned inside that you know exactly what's going on, how your brain communicates to your body, that, okay, my stomach is gurgly right now because of, you know, what it ate. But is it because of, you know, the, the thing is, a lot of times symptoms are said to be bad. They're said to be, you need to calm it down, right? That's when you take medications. But the reason why your stomach is gurgly, because it's literally working for you, you're having that pain because it's contracting. Down your your digestive system to get whatever that you ate out. But if you put other medications or other things on top of it, to you know, either it's um, and then we took that. I took a lot of pepto-bismol because I had a lot of diarrhea, a lot of gut issues. So, a lot of times when uh, people have you know, um, emotional you know, trauma and certain things like that, they have a lot of gut issues, and so I took so much pepto when your, <laughs> your solar plexus is, guys. <laughs>
3: Sorry. <laughs> we'll talk
0: about that in, in our future episodes, too. But I took so much Pepto-Bismol mm-hmm. to help my me feel better. Mm-hmm. But was that really going to help me feel better? Or was actually letting that, that thing come out going to be helpful? Because I ate something wrong. Because your body's not used to it.
3: And it's I think, the body. I think that's why you and I like the holistic approach so much. Because we understand that Yes, we have the choice to continue to mask the problems like with medications or and even just medications. We can numb our minds on video games. I'm definitely guilty of that. I'm, that's like my signal that, Tiara, something is really stressing you out and overwhelming you because I'll freaking hop on the Xbox or the computer and play video games for hours on end, knowing damn well I have more stuff to do that day.
0: <laughs> what is yeah. you play? What do you play? <laughs> Like recently,
3: Maddie's really into Roblox. Oh, I play Roblox with Madeline. Yeah. So we've been having conversations about discipline because I'm like, I don't need my daughter. (laughs) like It's okay to play video games for hours on end. But that's another story for another day. But like when I listening to you, it's just so interesting how, you know, like, like you said, you would the path that you were ending up on because you were trying to numb other experiences, other symptoms, they may not have even been physical symptoms, but they were emotional, mental symptoms. You were trying to numb them with external activities instead of focusing on the symptoms, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's why you and I love talking about holistic care because we understand that when people are, going through something or experiencing something yes we want to help them find a cure so that they can be free of the the symptoms that are causing discomfort but we also understand that the discomfort is necessary so that we can understand what's really going on and then address that so that you can truly like we talked about it last season the band-aid versus the actual cure Mm -hmm. you know and the medications the mind-numbing activities seeking out external solutions those are band-aids to avoiding the actual problem and we've been taught in our society i don't want to say we've been taught in our society we have been conditioned to expect instant gratification Mm -hmm. instant remedies and that's i don't want to say it's not possible because it can be possible, but it's rare because, like you said, oftentimes, if something is manifesting as a physical ailment, there has been something on your emotional, mental, spiritual side going on for a long time for it to start manifesting itself physically, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. for holistic care, it is an opportunity to to Seek to seek the quietness in your mind. Like, I feel like we're kind of saying the same things, but like, that's really all it is. So, I kind of got quiet. because so I'm like, dang, I'm saying the same stuff, but that's what it is. You know, it's a holistic when you choose the holistic care lifestyle, it is a choice of I am no longer going to allow external circumstances to rule my life. Mm-hmm. I am, I can control my reaction, my response to things. And I can even do so like in certain symptoms, but it also comes with the decision of, I'm going to have to sit in this discomfort for a little while before I can find my healing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think
2: for me, oh, go ahead.
3: No, go ahead. I I think for me, that's why this podcast is so beautiful because when you have to sit in that discomfort, you know, when, when you, When you twist your ankle, you need support. You need crutches. You know, you often need somebody. Like in high school, when I twisted my ankle, I had a friend who would help me carry my books. I had a friend who would meet me halfway on the walk to school because I had to crutch to school because my mom couldn't take me. And he would meet me, take my backpack, take my books so that I could crutch without all this extra weight Mm -hmm. while I'm here. You know, and that's why I feel like this podcast allows because then there's a community you get to come to where you have your crutch, your support to help you carry a little bit of the extra weight. You know, be it doing some research to find out what remedies are out there, being it having a safe place to talk so that you don't have to feel judged while you're going through all this stuff, and you don't have the shame demons knocking at your door because you're trying to break free of cycles that you've been conditioned to believe are quote-unquote normal, you know, you get to be in a place where your healing is facilitated safely.
2: Mm -hmm. And I like how you
0: mentioned the healing aspect of it all, because this is not really one of those things, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I feel like this is not one of those things where, you know, the emergency is like, oh no, I'm having an anxiety attack, or oh no, I can't breathe, like this is what you want to refer to. This is not that emergency (laughs) aspect at all. I'm like the worst at that. That's why I would not have been a very good ER doctor. But, <laughs> but this is more of like the time when your brain is actually not in that fight flight. Oh my gosh, I need to protect myself mode. It's more like, how do I consistently use this, this for my journey of healing or whatever it is that you want to call it to be consistent with it, to kind of grow from it. Like this is what this podcast I feel like is about. Yes. Versus, no. you know, this
3: is not the emergency answers. for you. <laughs> this, My friend has a book. Her name is Carson, and it's called The Recovery Room. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this. So I intentionally dropped that so that you guys can find that book, because she talks about different things that happened in her life to where she had to go into recovery. And I love how you said it wasn't an emergency. So she's gone through the emergency part of it, but now she has to recover. Mm -hmm. And that's how that's definitely how I see this podcast. You've probably already gone through the trauma. You know, you've probably you've probably already experienced what it feels like to hit rock bottom in your situation. And now you're picking up the pieces and you just need a quiet place to recover. And it's exactly what I feel like this podcast is. I know even for me, it's just healing to come on here and share what I've been through in a way that's not, like I said, like the shame that comes with sharing struggles you've been through when you've been in an environment that I know for me and from what it sounds like for you, expect so much out of you. Like how you were saying in your family, you're expected to go off to go be a doctor, a lawyer, something of a high caliber paying job you know and in my family I won't say they told me I had to go out and be a doctor or anything like that but it was expected of me to I was a straight A student for example if I brought home a B I was in trouble and it was because my mom would say I know you're capable of A's But to me, in my head, it's like, yeah, I'm capable of A's, but I'm also capable of going through some stuff that's going to prevent me from making that A. Can we talk about why I got this B instead of me being in trouble for getting this B? You know, and for a long time for me, because that was the environment I grew up in, I had to get it right all the time. There was so much expected of me that when things started to break down, I was ashamed of the fact that I was no longer the Tiara who was a 4.0 student, Mm
2: -hmm. you
3: know, and I didn't know how to talk about that because when I tried to I felt like because people always expected so much of me, they thought I was looking for attention or they thought I was being dramatic. So I shut up because it's like, I'm not I'm not trying to do those things. So they let me be quiet. So you guys don't think that mm-hmm. I'm being overly dramatic or overly emotional. But that wasn't good for my healing.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: so I had to. I call it going on my hero's journey. Um, I'm actually thinking of doing a separate Like YouTube channel. I don't know if I want to commit to another podcast, but like putting on my YouTube channel, these little stories to support Mm -hmm. these, but I call it going on my hero's journey because I had to leave the comfort of what was familiar in my life. You know, I had to step away from my family from a bit, which they noticed and they did not like because they felt like it was me saying I was severing our relationship, but really it was This isn't healthy for me. And I really just need to get healthy right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't be around you guys if I'm feeling this kind of way because then it's going to affect all of us. And so I had to leave that comfort and go into a really uncomfortable position, journey through the wilderness by myself with only my mentor, my God source to guide me and then learn to come out so that I can bring back what I, the elixir of life to my village, to my people, so that we can all live this life free from those ailments.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's almost like, so for those listening, uh, either new or you've been listening for a little bit now that this is almost like the, almost to let you know that you're not alone, that when you feel that breaking point, that awareness on what else is there, what more is there, that is what we'll be talking about for the season almost like unschooling yourself of what we've been conditioned through tv through mainstream through people you know trying to keep this box that you're supposed to be one way that in reality it could be just a line that you step over
2: there
3: is no box there is, what do we say one time when we were planning? Take off the glasses.
0: Just take off the glasses. <laughs> that if you feel like you're seeing through colored glasses, that why is everything all red, you know? Because maybe you're wearing certain glasses that you just need to take off, that you need to know that you're actually wearing those glasses. Yeah. Causing you to think a certain way because it's filtered or blurry or blocked off or certain things like that. And so this is the, the beginning launch of our Our second season And there's going to be uh, Revisiting guests That will be coming up Uh, I got a few Kind of uh, responded back Recently So we'll put them On the the recording soon Um, And then we might Have new guests But we'll do Be doing like A deep dive Of what we've been doing uh, Before To Just open up The conversation Letting you know That there are These different ways These different avenues These different strategies That literally You're not alone
1: And that concludes our episode 16, season two of the Holistic Hope podcast. So something Kate and I really wanted to do this time around was give you guys like a guide for each episode of how you can implement what was discussed. Our podcast is made based on conversations, shared stories of experience, so it doesn't always get into the educational type of conversation it's very like learned by experience style so we did want to offer a little breakdown that we'll give you at the end of every episode so episode 16 handy holistic guide is as follows if you've been feeling overstressed you may be a little overweight you may have unhealthy relationships weak boundaries feeling frustrated and overwhelmed in your day-to-day life, having symptoms of depression and anxiety. You're probably wanting to claim your own healing without intense medical intervention or medication. You wanna practice being present to facilitate your own healing. You're ready to be accountable for your personal care and growth. You're willing to explore modalities with an open mind And you're excited to begin your journey and make the choice of not allowing external circumstances to control your internal state then the first step is to take yourself out of fight or flight survival and shift to being present in order to thrive learn to recognize your baseline and when it's off establish a strong relationship with your spiritual source Develop a non-judgmental perspective of your journey. Release the shame that comes along with your healing. Release the victim mindset and claim your inner power. Be open to asking questions. Curiosity opens the door to possibility. Practice gratitude for the life you currently have. Avoid numbing your symptoms so that you can allow the opportunity for true healing to be implemented and practice setting healthy boundaries for your optimal healing environment. If you have any questions or you need any support, be sure to check the show notes for where you can find Kate and I and the cast of the Holistic Hope podcast. We are so excited to be a part of your holistic healing journey, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.